Blog Talk Radio. Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Narekio Camino. It would have been DWI. have reached a tipping point. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. It is time once again for the tipping point. November is here. Thanksgiving is soon, then Christmas, and then it'll be time for the Georgia Wrestling History Award. So we're going to talk about a little bit about that tonight. And joining me, as always, is Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I'm doing fine, Mr. Steve. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm hoping they did not lock up the uh, back pool <laughs> so I can go sit <laughs> uh, by the pool. Take a swim while we're talking and doing the show here? <laughs> I've done it before. Ah, oh, son of bitches. They freaking locked it up. Anyway, <laughs> but um, tell, tell us about our guest tonight, Larry. Yes, we have. We're blessed to have Tyler the Wall Stevens, one of Georgia's rising stars, who's got big things on the horizon, which we will be speaking with him about tonight. All right, and possibly a call in from Rob Rod. Rob uh, Rod, he was. Yes. Yes, I saw that he um, he's having a beer tonight, so maybe he'll have a couple of beers. Be ready to go. <laughs> and, well, uh, maybe a well lubricated Rob Rod tonight. That would be that would be nice. Excellent. Excellent. Don't say lubricated around him though. So, no, no. I, I realize as soon as the words were out of my mouth. <laughs> so, um, Larry, what do you want to what do you want to talk about before we bring on our our wonderful guest? Well, there was some. Uh, of course, there's a lot going on in Georgia these days. Um, as we move into the, towards the end of the year. Um, and the, but there is some breaking news out of Piedmont, Alabama, uh, some, unfor- some unfortunate news oh. uh, at ProSouth. They had a uh, break-in at their building. I believe this took place Tuesday night. Pretty sure it was Tuesday night. Uh, and a good bit of their computer equipment and lighting and so forth was stolen, probably about $3,000 worth of stuff. Oh, my God. Taken out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, what's kind of interesting about it is that some more ex- more expensive stuff was passed on, actually, uh, in comparison to what was actually taken. So... Um, my question to Ace was, well, of course, would they be able to run a show tomorrow night? And the answer is yes. They will live stream, come hell or high water, at 8.30 Eastern time tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Somehow, well, I'm glad that's happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's an absolutely terrible thing. Is there any way, Larry, that they could maybe break into D-Money's house and get the equipment that they need? <laughs> Who's the greatest? 
<laughs> in any case, <laughs> um, you know, a joke that I made earlier in the week, uh, because we were t- I was chatting with a couple of people about this new unity. Um, this was before Gary and uh, Tim of IWE started going back and forth about the, their nonsense. I'm, I'm, that, that stuff isn't even worth bringing up, in my opinion. But um, this joke is phenomenal. <laughs> and the joke I made was, well, it's great that, you know, all of these prominent groups are unifying and they're all working together. And I go, maybe they can combine their crowds and compete with IWE or Classic. Now, Ooh. as brutal and hilarious of a joke that is, Larry, the numbers don't – I mean, actions in the between 1 and 200. Southern Fried is usually around there as well. Um, you know, Southern Honor is being outdrawn consistently by KLT. Let me say that again. KLT is now like 300 is their norm. And – Larry, if you had told me two years ago, the top drawing show of the year that's going to get over a thousand is classic. Now, granted, you can say that they're writing, you know, they came for the concert, they stayed with the wrestling. Sure. But nonetheless, you know what that tells me? It tells me that there are two guys who should be up for promoter of the year. And it's Tim Blackman and the person running classic. I would love for somebody to try to argue with me about that. Well, you know, I said on the last show that um, I thought IW was promotion of the year. Um, I would at this point stand by that, but promoter of the year, it's hard to see that it's anybody but Justin Legend and Cole Taylor, the the classic folks, when you look at what they've done. Because before they put on this show at the Eastern, they had three consecutive sellouts at the uh, 40-watt club. So, you know, it speaks for itself. Um, and, you know, it also speaks to this this sort of change in the model in wrestling that's going on, not just in Georgia, but it's certainly going on in Georgia. They had shows running in uh, places that sell alcohol, specifically breweries and bars, have uniformly really been doing doing well this year. Yes. Yeah. Far more so than I, in the past. I would argue that this is part and parcel of – I do a lot of activities, right? I try to, especially with my kids, I try to do things that are kind of cool and stimulating and interesting for as long as they live in Florida and me for that matter. We're going to do a lot of Florida stuff and a lot of weird stuff. And I think what people want in an event, and this goes for sporting events, this goes for concerts that I've been to recently, everybody is giving you an experience. Um, you know, there. It's more than the activity that you're there for. And a lot of old school people may not like that, but this is the reality of the modern world. The reason they're dropping 600 to $1,000 on a Beyonce concert, or Taylor Swift, or whatever, is because it's not just somebody sitting on a stool playing their song. Now, if that's what you're into, wonderful. Good for you. But I don't think anybody leaves a Taylor Swift concert who is a fan of hers to begin with and goes, that wasn't worth it. (laughs) What they do is they go, can you believe when this happened? And they have 5 million things to talk about. 
And mm-hmm. I think classics given that to you. I think the booze is a huge component, but I think more than that, it's a vibe thing. And the great leagues in Georgia have a good vibe, but I think that there's a few shows where the vibe is we want these guys to succeed desperately. I think IWE definitely has that, and I think Classic has that too. And Classic has something that almost none of the others have, which are casual fans who don't really give that much of a shit about wrestling necessarily. And they know how to appeal to them also. And that's important. You know, and I saw the same thing at work on a larger scale at the uh, Game Changer show last Saturday night. Because on paper, that was maybe the weakest card, and it wasn't weak by any means, and certainly didn't turn out to be weak, but on paper, maybe not as strong as the other cards they'd done in Atlanta, and they had mm-hmm. the biggest crowd they had the biggest crowd they've had um and they certainly gave people experience an experience some parts of that experience I would rather not have had, but most of it right. i was very I was very happy to have i'll I'll contrast this with national promotions, okay. I think NXT in the last five or six months has done a stellar job of really creating its own brand while reminding you that it's part of the WWE. Oh, God, I hate that phrase. But, you know, like, yes. I think the, the, like putting Dominic in there and letting him win the North American. Because I go to the, I've gone to those shows live, Larry, and I can tell you I've been going to those shows since they were at full sale. Never has it been like this. You, as soon as you get on that bus to take you over to the Performance Center, it's rocking. You can feel the audience already like, I can't wait to get in there. Um, they, can't, they, they love it. Contrast that with Ring of Honor, which is probably the biggest failure of anything that's oh, happened in the last abysmal. three years abysmal. on a national wrestling scale. Because why go? <laughs> What's cool about Ring of Honor? What's, what's, what makes it not a C-list? Because you could argue NXT is a C-list show in terms of the WWE universe, but they're great at going, yeah, but here's what's cool about it. You know, Grayson Waller, he's, he can run his mouth and get, you know, a million free tweets making fun of Swifties or making well, fun it, of the Scottish or whatever, you know. It, it, it's so much of a better show in the ring. I mean, it's the one that I – the WWE show, show that I usually make a point to watch. I, I hardly ever watch SmackDown, and I watch. I'll have Raw on in the background, but NXT I usually will watch. And you look at the look at the loyal audience they develop, and look at the money they're getting from CW Network for that show. They're they're touring right now, and I thought it was hysterical because they're doing a show in Orlando within ten miles of the Performance Center, and you know what? I bet they sell tickets <laughs> because because the NXT has rebranded itself like as two things at once. One is you want to be there live. They really do a great job of sort of making everybody feel like they're looking at them, if that makes sense. Um, they do a stellar job with that. And then when you're there for the um, the show itself. The audience legitimately feels a part of that show because it's, the crowd is small enough, but 
They encourage that stuff, right? They don't <clears throat> put it this way. They pipe in noise on SmackDown. They pipe in noise on Raw. They don't pipe in noise on NXT. No, and, no you can see it. He can see and that it in is the crowd. The, that is the ultimate of success. And Ring of Honor, they just need to pipe in people to watch that shit. Like oh, they need to figure out what they need to figure out what cool is. We talk about cool a lot. And right now NXT is cool. Ring of Honor is not. Right now IWE is cool. Right now uh, Classic is cool. I'm never going to say KLT is cool. But I will look, say, I look at their cards and the talent level that they're bringing in. I can't believe I'm complimenting KLT. But the t- that's what's supposed to happen when you get better and bigger, is you're supposed to bring in better talent. Whereas, let's say the other guys, who I'm not going to mention by name, who are considered top promotions, they're all, they're all fucking carouseling the same ten people. And it shows. You know, they could argue with me about this person or that person, but at the end of the day, it feels the same, and those other two promotions that I'm mentioning don't feel the same. IWE and, and Classic do not feel like other promotions. They feel like themselves, and I think they have the fan base to back it up. Well, we're going to have to put a lid on that one and bring on our guest because he's been waiting patiently. And let's get him on now. We are very pleased to have, as already stated, one of George's top rising stars, the wall, Tyler Stevens. Welcome to the Tipping Point, sir. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Larry, could you please have the first question? Yeah, well, I'm just curious to know, like, you got a big match tomorrow night. You got Cruel for action in a singles match. Um, I imagine it's pretty rare for you to be standing across the ring from somebody who's taller than you are. Yeah. How do you being in, go ahead. No, go right ahead. I was just going to say that. Uh, so the, the last time I was in the ring with somebody uh, bigger than me was with towers. And that was at anarchy. And that was almost two years ago. Since then, I've come face-to-face with Judas once, and that was at Southern Fried, and I haven't gotten to circle back to that yet. Um, I have not forgotten what happened the last time I saw Judas, though. So it is going to get circled back, too. Um, I don't know about who got to watch the last Southern Honor show, uh, but I made I made what I'm going to do tomorrow very apparent when I stepped in the ring with Cruel. Uh, size doesn't doesn't scare me. Um, I'm not afraid of monsters. Uh, so I'm preparing for this match the same way I prepare for every match. I'm staying consistent in the ring, staying consistent uh, in the gym, uh, and I'm I'm really excited for tomorrow. Nice. I have an off the wall question. What are you scared of? <laughs> Is there anything you're scared uh, I'm not, of? I'm not scared of I'm not scared of much anymore. Um anymore. What did you used to be scared of? Um, so when I was when I was real, real young, um it's kinda ironic. I was scared of people bigger than me, right? Because when I was a kid I hit a growth mm. spurt in like middle school. So like right. in elementary school I was a little bit smaller, I was uh a little bit nerdier. I was always tall, but I, I didn't have as much size on me. 
Um, But, you know, as you kind of grow into yourself, you kind of gain that confidence and that self-assuredness. You know what I mean? So something cool about me is, like, the places I've grown up at, I'm kind of comfortable in my own skin. That's a real good. Um, when you when you were smaller, were you into wrestling then? Yeah, I've been into wrestling since I was probably five years old, maybe younger. Oh my god! Do you remember? Do you remember the first like match or event or wrestler that you were really into when you were that young? So the when I was a kid, I loved Jeff Hardy, but the first oh, wow. um, the first guy that the first two guys I remember seeing in a ring were Edge and John Cena. And then oh my, God. my my granddad had a bunch of like Raw is War and WCW Nitro tapes and stuff like that that he had pre recorded uh with my older siblings. So I used to just watch those VHSs on repeat because we didn't have cable. So I wasn't able to watch like Monday Night Raw growing up. I could watch uh SmackDown when it was on like uh, my TV. Right, right. Uh, so I was able to watch that on Friday, but I wasn't able to watch anything that was on cable because I had, like, the bunny ears on my TV. But I used to watch Raw's War, like, over and over and over. And then, like, maybe 2009, 2010, I ended up getting satellite, so I was able to start keeping up with, like, the current stuff again. Oh, cool. See, I mean, there's always an unusual story behind guys that pick it up quickly. And I'm always convinced it's, there is a different level of obsession that has to happen at a certain age. And clearly that happened to you. I think watching those tapes again and again and again probably gave you, um, I, I don't know, like a level of aptitude. Like um, where did you train real quick? Where did you, where did you train in wrestling? Um, so originally I was trained by George South and Caprice Coleman. I trained at high spots. Um, mm-hmm. and I did a little bit with like JD Drake. Um, and I trained there for about two years. So I started training in 2019. Um, I went through two different injuries during that time period just because I did. I still didn't have, like, the size that I maybe needed to kind of protect my body and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and just as, like, a random aside, like, I stress that to anybody that wants to be a wrestler is, like, take care of your body. I'm not saying you got to look like a bodybuilder, but, like, working out and taking care of yourself, it helps you protect yourself. It helps you protect others. Uh, it, it just helps a lot. Absolutely. Um, but so I trained at high spots for two years. And then when I came to Georgia, I started training at WWA four with Fox. And, uh, I've also trained a little bit with Nick Patrick. Um, okay. And then like, I've done like one offs here and there. So like I got to do a, uh, Todd Pritchard, seminar, uh, Tom Pritchard seminar with AML. Um, there were a couple of the AML trainers there too. Uh, the extreme horsemen were there. Um, and then I got to train at Rev Pro as well uh, in London last year, last winter. I got to train with uh, Eddie Dennis out there, which was really cool. Larry, are you hearing this? This is, it's such a different yeah. world right now, isn't it? I'm, I, I can't, I cannot. It's so great that you're basically cross training. Yeah. Like that's a pedigree there. Those that list of trainers. Yeah. Yeah. Super great, Larry. Please. Um. So. At this point, where are you, uh, height and weight, at, as we speak? Um, so I'm I'm six foot five. I'm sitting at about two hundred fifty pounds right now. Nice. 
Larry, nice. did you hear that this man is seven foot two, five hundred twenty-five pounds <laughs> in wrestling? <laughs> Jumping, Jesus! <laughs> you, um, you know, so were you? At, were, um, please go. Go ahead. Larry. No, go right ahead, Steve. Please. I was going to say, um, do you feel like? I know this might sound like I'm asking you to be arrogant. I just want the truth. <laughs> with with that kind of fanaticism, watching wrestling when you were very young. When you first started to get trained, um, did you train with – were there other people there that are, were training with you, or was it just you by yourself? As far as, like, in ring? Yeah, in ring. Like, were these, like, so, training sessions where there'd be, like, a bunch of students, or was it just you? Yeah, so when I first started, uh, especially when I was mostly with George, it was definitely, like, larger groups. So the way that High Spots ran was that George, uh, he always taught people fundamentals. So he, he okay. George South was that at – he ran you through how to how to bump. He ran you through how to hit the ropes. He, uh, you know, he kind of took care of you and made sure that you were doing things safely. He was really big on on protecting each other. Um. So do you it, feel like was, did, did you feel like you were a natural? I guess that's what I'm getting at. Do you feel were you one of the guys in the class? I mean, you don't have to name names. Were you one of the guys in the class that was like, damn, that guy's kind of got it fast? Or were you one of the guys that's like, ah, this motherfucker? <laughs> I, mean, so, I trained so as a wrestler I and I trained like wrestlers, you know. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I kinda t- but the I think the reason I felt like that is because of guys that I was training with. Um, there were guys who I was training with, like, watching them. So, like, the way Hot Spots did it, when you watched, when you came to start training there, you had to watch a session first, right? Okay. So you kind of understood what you were getting yourself into. So I yeah. remember watching certain guys who were training there, and it, like, it blew my mind to see somebody who I should have been considering a peer move and navigate in the ring the way they were. Right. So I always felt like I was behind, but I was often told the opposite um, by, like, people I was training with and stuff like that. Like, I didn't realize that I kind of got – I got through certain things faster than other people. But, mm-hmm. like I said, I was harsher on myself because of guys I was training with. I, th- I think it's one of those things. It's kind of like when a girl is ugly until high school, so she has to develop a personality. <laughs> so then she becomes this unicorn. I think having the mentality, because you saw guys with more experience than you who were able to flow through the drills and all that stuff, I think having that little bit of a, not a chip on your shoulder, the opposite, this little bit of, like, insecurity of, like, yeah, these guys are good. But it probably kept you focused, had you trying harder, and you also had models on which to follow. I, I mean, it's, again, this all sounds like a template of making somebody who's really, really good in the wrestling business, honestly. Uh, Tyler, I'm curious about how you got from where you were when I first saw you in, in, in Anarchy a few years ago. Um, it seems like, oh, I don't know if I can put a finger on the time, certainly be, beginning of this year and maybe a little before, like, like a light bulb went off and you were at a different level. Um, did, am I missing something? Was there like a, like a, a, a growth spurt that happened in your, uh, in, both in the ring, but more, more even in the ring than in your per, in personality and presence in the ring. Um, could you speak to that a little bit? Um, so it was, I, I attribute it to two things. Um, first and foremost, I, I give a lot of credit to Eddie Dennis. Um, so I got to train with him in December of last year, uh, right before the new year. 
Um, and just his his love of the business and his his mind for wrestling and stuff like that. Um, he wrestles very different style than me. He's, he's a lot more technical. Um, but his spirit, as far as the way he speaks about wrestling and teaches wrestling, mm. it's infectious. Like, he loves the business, and you can tell. When you talk mm. to him, you can tell how much he loves the sport. Um, and that that still sits very heavily with me, and I, I try to carry that with me in everything that I do. Um, as far as, like, my personal life, uh, I kind of came into it a little bit rough at the end of last year. So I took a step back and collected myself, and my goal for this year was to just be as consistent as possible. Um, and so that's what I set, I set out the year very intentionally to be in the best places that I could put myself and be there as often as I could put myself there. Oh, uh, it's motherfuckers like this that are going to make me want to get back into fucking running a wrestling promotion, Larry. Like, it's it's so wonderful, man. Um, um, who's, uh, I, I got another off-kilter question. Um, so who's somebody who is, I mean, because you do a bunch of different shows, you see a bunch of different dudes but, and women. Who's Who's fucking funny as shit? that most people would not think was funny mm. <laughs> in Georgia. Red that, wouldn't, that wouldn't think is funny. Um, right. Like, like, I mean, you, you know, like Bryce Cannon, I know that motherfucker's funny, right? Like his whole, his whole persona sort of comes across that way, but like who in the back, like, you're just like, Oh my God, that, I know that dude's going to make me laugh or I know that girl's going to make me laugh. Um, so both of the grapplers, <laughs> are hilarious. Um, and you never know what you're going to get with them, so I think that right. just kind of adds another layer to it. Um, Adam, Adam Priest is really funny. Adam yeah, is that's a great choice. He's, um, he's another one that, like, when I met him, I wasn't really sure what I was getting. Um... So he he's exceptionally funny too. Those, those are the ones, the biggest ones that jump out at me off the top of my head. Nice. I um, watched your match with Adrian Hawkins from uh, Southern Fried, and I wondered what it was. Um, your thoughts are, you know, getting a, a rather long singles match with a really sound veteran guy like him. Um. That that match was that match was a lot of fun for me, um, because uh, the best way I could I, I don't know how how much I should or should not give out. Um, it, it was very it, it was like freestyling almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that that match was very special to me in that sense, um, because it was a lot of just feeling the emotion in the room. Um, and that's the first time I've gotten to work a match like that. Um, and it, it just, it felt very comfortable is the best way I could say it, which is, it, yeah. I didn't think it would. Uh, it felt very comfortable. Uh, and I, it was kind of like a light bulb going off kind of moment having that match for me. Uh, because mm. like, this is like, it's one of those feelings where like you're, you're looking around the room and you know that everybody very intently paying attention to exactly what you're doing in that moment. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the feeling of, like, having the room, that, that was very much so, like, a light bulb moment for me. Excellent. And then what is it like being part of a group with led by Suge D? Um, so first is like Suge is everywhere. Um, he taught like two weekends ago, I think the last time that Naptown ran in Indianapolis, I went out there just to, to meet people and stuff like that and, uh, help him show in whatever ways I could. And he was there defending his, uh, cause you know, he's the, he's a world champion right now. So he was he had a title match out there and I got to see him out there and he, he was shocked as, as shit that I had made the drive but uh he was able to give me a lot of pointers as far as like we sat down and we watched matches together, stuff like that. He's very supportive of all the guys that he was he's working with. All of us it's, it's like a small family. Yeah. Uh and it I didn't know what to expect when I started out in that group. Um at all. Oh shit, man, my bad. You good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I just checked to see if I was in a car and I'm walking. I was just like, I think I, 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 think I just scared the shit out of him. Um, I'm sure I you, think did. you did. <laughs> yeah, good God, job, by the way, scaring him. That's good. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> no, that was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it it's like a small family. Like being in a group with Suge is very uh obviously he knows a lot. He knows a lot. He's worked on you know, he's done T V, he's done he's been everywhere you can be as far as independent wrestling goes. Um he's very intelligent when it comes to the business. Um and he as long as you're willing to listen, he has a lot that he's willing to impart on you. So it's been it's been very I'm very grateful for everything that I've learned from him thus far. Tell us about. So you, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Larry. Tell <laughs> us about uh, Germany. How did that come about, and what's what's happening with that? Um, so I'm actually I'm doing more training overseas while I'm over there. Um, I'm going to be training at WXW, which is why I'm going to be based out of Dusseldorf. Nice. Um, so I'll be training there for six weeks and, uh, the whole time that I'm over there. Um, and I figured I'm going to be over there. So I might as well reach out to as many promoters as I can. Um, I'm lucky enough that I like, I know a couple people in the UK scene because of getting to train at ref pro and stuff like that. <laughs> um, that actually, uh, None of it would be possible without uh, Ava Everett. So shout out to Ava Everett. Um, so she uh, she helped me get in contact with the people I needed to get in contact with to do that. Um, so that I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm trying to the hardest part about that is really like trying to make sure that I balance my schedule. You know what I mean between training and making sure I've got the proper time to like get to the shows I'm trying to get to and stuff like that. Right. Uh, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be able to announce a rough outline of what my my tour is going to look like over there. Um, so, but I'm very excited about that. It's a very big opportunity for me. I think so. Why? A different world, Larry. I don't. I love it. I think it's great. Um, what, when the hell are you going to be in Florida? I fucking. I got to meet you now. <laughs> 
So <laughs> you gotta, my God, they would they would fucking love you. They would love him here. Because I mean, Georgia's the weird thing about Georgia is everybody's either six inches fucking shorter than me or a foot taller. <laughs> um, really, I mean, I just can't imagine the impact you would make on a promotion over here. Um, they probably all want to book you once they saw you. Um, super great. What's, um, what's, what's something that you're into that is not wrestling related? Are you one of these Dragon Ball Z fucks that I always hear in the locker room or? <laughs> um, so I, I used to be a lot more like when I was, when I was younger, like when I was a kid, I was definitely a lot more of like a, like a Dragon Ball Z nerd and like Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> and like stuff like that. Um, I'm a lot farther removed from it now just because like I, I have a really busy schedule like I work two jobs I train I, I'm at the gym and yeah. shows and stuff like that so I'm always doing something um if I have time to relax I'm either watching you know like a show or I'm catching up on sleep I like to shoot pool I haven't been able oh. to a lot recently um mm. I like to shoot pool I used to be in like a pool league back home so uh, I enjoy that. Uh, I like playing card games, like not necessarily like the nerdier ones, like Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that anymore. But like, I like playing spades. I like playing rummy uh, stuff. Gotcha. Like that. You know, stuff you play at like a cookout or something. Right. Where's home? Uh, home is South Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So I was, I lived there, and I would drive like an hour, ten minutes, and train in Charlotte, and then I would drive back. Yeah. Steve mentioned wanting to see you in Florida. I, I imagine at this point you have promoters reaching out to you, uh, um, wanting to so book you. Uh, after I announced the tour, I've been lucky enough to have some people overseas reach out. I don't have a whole lot of promoters necessarily in Florida hitting me up. I've got a couple like some like Tennessee, Alabama area stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to make sure the the biggest issue with me right now is trying to make sure that I'm getting what I want out of the shows that I'm doing. Absolutely. Um, so I'm very blessed that the shows that I'm on right now matter as far as the, where I'm working in Georgia. And so I, I try to make sure that everywhere that I show up, it matters. Um, I, I don't want to show up somewhere, you know, where 15 people are going to see it and I'm not going to yeah. get anything out of it. Um, you know, I'd, I'd much rather go show face at, at like a DPW or like a, you know, something like that where I can try to network and parlay and stuff like that. Um, I think the last time I was in Florida was for WWN. I did like a proving mm. ground show at their okay. training center down there. Right. And that was probably, I don't know, three months ago, maybe a little bit longer now. Okay. So uh, I'd love to come back. I just, you know, uh, I'm not really sure where I'm looking. Oh, I, I just need to have them find you. I think that's what needs to happen. It's like, look at this motherfucker. Fucking bring him in. So, um, fuck, man. Uh, it, it's so great to talk to you. I, you know, we're we're gonna have a discussion, uh, Larry, and possibly Rob Rod and I, about the Georgia Wrestling Awards and. The funny thing is, usually there's a lot of discussion about them by this time of the year, and this year it feels like it's not happening as much, 
but I have a feeling it's going to come on like a hurricane at the end of the year. What's, um, what's an award that you would be happy to win at some point or even this year? Like, you know, there's most improved and there's the wrestler of the year and personality of the year. Like, I mean, obviously you you don't fixate on God, I'm going to win this award and it'll be the greatest thing in my life. But what's an award you would love to win down the, down, down the pipe? You know what I mean? Um, so if, if we're talking about in, in general, the only one that I thought about that really means something to me at this point is, is most improved. Mm. And the reason is because I look at what I was doing a year ago or a year and a half ago. And I look at what I'm doing now and I'm, I am consistently working at top shows. I'm consistently getting interactions online from from people who matter in the business. Yeah. Um I am consistently, you know, having these positive affirmations and stuff like that. Uh and I think every time that I show up somewhere I'm better than I was the last time you saw me. And I I don't intend on that breaking anytime soon. That is a so great even, pitch even for tomorrow. most improved. <laughs> Yes, wow, sir. I think tomorrow's gonna be my best match yet. Um so and that I I'm not gonna break that trend anytime soon. Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, um yeah. Do you any particular destinations that you have on your agenda for twenty twenty four? Um, from for twenty twenty four if we're talking, so I've got two answers to that, right? So okay. the, the the smaller scale answer is I want to get into the Midwest more. So like a place like Naptown, I think Naptown has a great culture. I loved it when I went the last time I was there. I'd love to work with them yeah. more. Um, places like DPW uh, in the mm-hmm. Carolinas. Um, in the Northeast, like, uh, I, so going back to Ava Everett, I met her at Limitless. I think Limitless has a great culture. Uh, I think they have a great locker room. They have amazing wrestling that happens up there. Um, if we're talking where I really want to be, I'm working to have a to have a tryout next year. That's what yeah. that's my goal for next year. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think you're going to get it. <laughs> I really think you're going to get I it. I do. I, I I looked at the last group that people had that had a tryout with. WWE slash NXT. And I remember looking at that list and going, these people are, I, I've seen most of them. And I went, I can honestly see why they're trying them out. But there was nobody there that stood out just in terms of like something eye catching. And, you know, they say it and it's true. You can't teach size. And I just feel like if he showed up to that thing, and I, I know you would be ready, and you know the drills and that kind of bullshit wouldn't bother you. Like, I I just feel like that is a wonderful goal to have, and it's a and it's a very attainable goal. It's not one of these goals that's going to pull you up to the goal. I think you're already at that goal, <laughs> and it's just a matter of making it happen. So, another reason I want you to come to Florida and wrestle a few places, honestly. So. Yeah, I love it. 
I love it. Larry, do you have any last questions for Tyler? No, this, is, this, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this show. Anything you want to plug before we let you go? Um, the All of my social media is Tyler Stevens Pro. Um, if that's not the handle, it's not actually me. Um, <laughs> the only other thing I really want to plug is this action show tomorrow in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um I'm wrestling a monster. It's probably going to be a lot more of a fight. I'm really excited yeah. about it. There's going to be drinks on hand. It's going to. It's kind of one of their first like PG-13 style shows. I think it's going to be a great environment. Uh, kind of going back to y'all were talking about brewery shows doing really well earlier. Um, so I, I think that this is going to be a really exciting uh, environment and show. And I'm really excited for this match tomorrow. It's one of the biggest in my career. It's the second IWTV world heavyweight champion or former IWTV world heavyweight champion that I've wrestled this year. So very excited for that. That's amazing. Tyler, it was my pleasure. Larry's pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, who knows in January, uh, we might have you on again for a very different reason. Uh, that's my feeling. <laughs> that's my prediction right now. But uh, thank you so much for being on with us here at the tipping point. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. Sure right thing. <sighs> More hope for the wrestling business, eh, Larry? Yeah, I mean, he, he he had my vote for most improved before we did this interview tonight anyway. But let's segue on to a little awards discussion. We've got, I think we've got Rob Rod here. Yeah. Is this him? Please. Hello, Mr. Goodman, and hello, my sweet, sweet little mud stud muffin, Mr. Platinum. <laughs> Alcohol. 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 I love it. <laughs> I, I did have one tonight, so I'm, I'm a lightweight, so it just went right on through me. That's the best way to be. <laughs> the best way to be. Um, Rod, Larry tells me you have an, uh, a, a new way we're going to do the nomination process. I am all for it. What, can you please describe it for us? In, in the past, uh, open to public, public nominations, faux pas there, uh, everyone was basically nominating one person in one particular category. Not to pick on the referees, but referee of the year example, one person had all their family and friends nominate them, and I have never heard of that gentleman in my life. So instead Amen. of... Yes, so instead of just doing something like that, no other categories were nominated, just the re like referee of the year. Other categories had that similar problem, but referee year was most obvious. Going forward, you must do four categories, nominations with three names in each of those categories. Mm. All right, so you might not be able to you – know, because we're, what, about 10, 12 categories now, you may not be able to do all the categories, and we need, but we need a core group of at least four categories to get the best response. And hopefully this will weed out a lot of the friends and the family stuff and actually get people who walk, go to the shows, watch the shows, and are invested in the shows being part of the process. I think it's great. I think it makes total sense. And at the end of the day, the committee is still going to pick um, who the, those nominees are out of the pool of people that the general public submits. Is that correct? 
That is correct. This is the for the opening public and wrestlers and other people involved in the business are actively encouraged to nominate. And the, based on the uh, quality of those nominations, the committee will go ahead and narrow it down to three or four uh, people to be voted on by the pool of uh, professionals in the state of Georgia. Yes. And, and let me let me address a couple of critic criticisms that come up every year. Why do we do it that way? Here's why. Because what we don't want is the nomination process and the voting process to be exactly the same. And sometimes we want to honor somebody who maybe gets overlooked a little bit, but who nonetheless deserves to be one of the nominees. It's and again, people cannot like it or whatever. At the end of the day, people in the wrestling business are the only ones who vote. And griping is going to happen every year. The conspiracies the about, yes, conspiracies about somehow that Stephen Platinum, you know, <laughs> influences the, those, those problems are never going to go away. And I think that's okay. But at the end of the day, this nomination process forces people to not just be one-issue voters, basically. Because yeah. you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and you don't follow the scene at large, and you're just voting for Uncle Jim, then fuck you. Because you're not who we want to nominate anybody. And we're not just going to have people stuffing the nomination ballot box to force somebody onto the ticket. And, you know... All of, we've done a good job, I think, especially over the last, say, five to seven years of getting this process to the point where let the best person or promotion or whatever win for that particular category. Stuff like momentum matters and all that other stuff and where you're wrestling. And, yes, promotions do tend to vote in blocks. I hate it. I always discouraged it when I ran PCW. Those are inevitable things. At the same time, you know what? We saw last year, surprise after surprise, and that nothing, there are no icons. There are no unflappable, they're going to win every year people anymore. People have to fight for it every year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think the youth movement has taken over those awards. I think that's a wonderful thing, too. Uh, tribalism is tends to people run the tribalism anyway. So if you're able to get past that, that is always a positive. And you're you're right about the youth movement. They're they're young, they're here, and they ain't going nowhere. Right. Um, Larry, your thoughts about the awards? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to. Well, as you said, I, there, there were a lot of surprises last year, and it's it's going to be. Wide open, I think, in a lot of categories. Mm-hmm. Very, very few locks, I think. Um, you know, in the past few years, we've been blessed, and in some ways, it's been you know for for hard reasons, where the person winning uh, Legend of the Year has been. I'm not going to say a lock, but I'll say that that you could kind of feel the tide going in certain Mm -hmm. directions for various reasons, Mm -hmm. right? Jimmy Rave passed on. It was his time to get it. You know, Iceberg went through a whole lot. It was his time to get it. Um, Any thoughts on 
who because there's there's a number of people who could be nominated for that legend award. Do any what names kind of pop up in your mind? Because I find that category to be very interesting. It is unique in that to, for that award to be given, you have to get 50% of the vote or more. Um, so there's been years where nobody's won it. But who are who are some names you think might come up for legend? Well, the first one that comes up for me, um, although he's still quite um, active in the scene, is Nick Patrick. Mm. Um, I would definitely uh, Nick Patrick should be on the ballot. I believe that, and I I will. I've been raw rawing this for the last several years. Simon Sermon. Yeah, uh, it's his contribution to the scene, and plus he is mentoring, he is uh, helping train people, uh, he is giving back, and that uh, we've had discussions years past about a post I made about what women uh, legends might be available for women's legends, and you had given a definition of what would be considered to be legend in Georgia, and I can't hardly think of anything that Simon doesn't do that you listed in that post. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, I'm going to be raw wrong again for Simon Sermon this year. Uh, that is that, that, you know, I won't, I won't make any bones about that. Right. And I mean, Simon Sermon, he, to, to further Rob's point about Simon as a legend, at some point that, male performer of the year award is probably going to have his name on it. I'll just say it, yeah. right? Like at some yeah. point it's going to have his name on it. And uh, when you think about all those interesting characters that have come through Georgia wrestling, I mean, Simon Sermon's right there at the top. I like the, the awards this year, I think last year did something. Now this is just my interpretation as somebody who's no longer really a part of the scene, but it feels like last year kind of, um, in Game of Thrones terms, broke the wheel. Whereas before it was always like one prominent group or the other that would rise to the top, right? And then it would be their year. But I feel like last year broke the wheel. And now each one of the categories don't feel as connected necessarily to the others. Like Larry said, I would say IWE's promotion of the year, but I would say Justin Legend and others are promoter of the year. And I think that's a fascinating thing. I think it's a cool thing. I think it's a positive thing um, to have a little, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, parody in the awards, right? Where it's not just an up and down anarchy ticket or an up and down rampage ticket or an up and down Southern honor ticket, you know? Um, So I can't wait to, I mean, where's Deep South going to wind up? You know, is Pro South going to be up for awards again? Like, it all feels really new and really fresh. And these new leagues rising in prominence, I think that they're also going to feel compelled to go like, hey, you know, we want, we want that symbol of acceptance and having a seat at the table. And the Georgia Wrestling History Awards, for as much as some might criticize them or whatever, at the end of the day, there is this feeling of, until you win one of those awards, you ain't shit. There, I said it. And we'll see. We'll see who kind of mobilizes their efforts or whose fan base or whose wrestlers wrestle for certain promotions that want to go, hey, 
classic fucking matters. I'm nominating them, and if they're up for promotion of the year, goddamn it, I'm going to vote for them. Um, I'm curious to see what new names get in there. I'm curious to see what happens when King Kong and Godzilla in the form of Timothy Blackman and Gary Lamb slug it out. Um, (laughs) I, I love that there's a rivalry. You know, Gary Lamb and all the rest of them can pretend they all fucking like each other right now. But when push comes to shove, I mean, those awards come up, then you get to see what people want and what people want to say when they're advocating for themselves. I thought Tyler did a great job of advocating for himself for most improved. And uh, I love reading those posts where people argue for the award that they think that they should be up for and should win. Um, There's nothing wrong with wanting that shit. I mean, we're all fake fighting in our underwear. It's okay to get some recognition from your peers. I think it's a good thing. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it, won't, it won't get you signed to NXT, but it will, it's a nice little feeling that you have that you say, hey, I did something that people liked, and I should be proud of it. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, and if you're Nick Halen, you worked it into your, your storyline and your angles this year. Did nice job, nice. Nick. <laughs> yep. And uh, if we do have a um, – live awards presentation, which uh, is rumored to be happening again uh, in early 24. Uh, Steve, I hope you can make it, because I think you would have loved it last year, and I know I know, it may be difficult to pull off, but if it happens again, I really hope you can make it there. Larry, if they were smart, what they would do is contact me in private. I would kayfabe the whole fucking thing, and I would show up there <laughs> as a surprise. If they know how to book, that's how you do it. And you have me show up as the host, because for crying out loud. But if not as the host, certainly to run in and drunkenly cut a promo, I will. Uh... <laughs> and I don't even drink. But for that occasion, I probably would. No, I would love to come. I, you know, I think uh, there's something really fun. I mean, as, you know, especially if it was in the action building again or whatever. But in any case, um, You know, this Georgia, Larry, I'm just going to go ahead and while I have you trapped here, um, I can, (laughs) you're a humble man, but I'm not humble about you. So of all the things that Larry's done, keeping Georgia wrestling history going, giving countless people um, a chance to really show their talent and love for wrestling, um, and even the untalented, like Dusty Finish, um, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, like this, it's a unique environment. As much as people try to deny it, people try to run away from it, people try to fight it. Larry puts up with everybody's bullshit. Larry puts up with everybody's, well, I won't submit my thing to Georgia. If you're one of those people, eh, just take a little time, buy a dildo, and go fuck yourself. Because at the end of the day, Larry's only, and I think it's why Georgia wrestling history continues, and I think it's why the awards have gotten big and all the rest of it. Larry would probably give some of that credit to me and Rob and others. But the truth is, without Larry's integrity, because all Larry wants is for Georgia wrestling to be great. He has no other motivation. (laughs) He has no secret desire to be liked. He has no need to stroke his own ego. He does this. I mean, he told it to me simply the first time I asked him, like, why do you cover these fucking indie wrestling shows? And he's like, because I want them to get better. That's it. 
And well, I, I think, I, you know, and the awards are a testament. I mean, they're, re- they're called the Goodmans. And the reason is because you're, you've left this indelible mark and you've undeniably left the scene better than how you found it. And that's incredible. Thank you for the kind words. I must say, I must say that another thing I get out of it at this stage is being this very old person who still gets to enjoy and be part of this scene, and um, I really enjoy that aspect of it. So there is something selfish in that for me to still be a part of it when, you know, like I should have been put out the pasture long ago, you know, so... (laughs) I, I I do very much in, in, in enjoy that uh, part of it for sure, for sure. I, I mean, I look at I look at like the confidence that like Rob has, or like the way that he's sort of taken the reins at doing more, and you know, with the awards, the like the meetings and all that shit. Like it's it's so great and it's so necessary. Like you know, when it, I mean, I'm pushy, of course. Right. But I look at Georgia wrestling history as it stands now. Of course, you know, Rob can't contribute as much. I'm not contributing as much as I should. But like the, the, but the site itself not only looks better, it reads better. I look forward to seeing what's going to go up there the next day. It's just hey, a wonderful and, thing. And, and let's let me give out a shout out to Bob McTeer for all yeah. the work he's done this year on that site. Yes, and all in, in increasing the profile of photography. So I mean, he's just, he's just been done huge stuff for Georgia wrestling this year. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and Duke has been writing good stuff. Some of Jabari stuff is so funny and yeah. just so spot on. It is just it is a great read, uh, and it is, is I can't put them over enough and. Uh, and speaking of uh, not contributing, I do have two announcements for everybody. Just real quick, next mm-hmm. week, working and we'll get up for a report for the Carolinas. So I'm wow. expanding the report for the Carolinas, and then hopefully in the new year I can get Florida up and running as well. Holy moly! Wow. Woo. So well, self self five there for me. Pretty great. Um, any last words about that? I mean, uh, l- let me get a couple of things straight while I have you both on the line. Sure. So uh, we're waiting until the end of the calendar year to start soliciting nominations, correct? I wouldn't say that, we're going to wait. No, we're not going to wait that long. We're not going to okay. wait that long. So, wait, so uh, when is that process probably going to start? We have not set a date, but it's typically been around – correct me if I'm wrong, Rob – we usually start getting the nominations around Thanksgiving, right? Right. I will uh, have a around that time, probably uh, Black Friday. I will have ah. the put out a post, video written, post whatever, and yeah. with the link of where to send the nominations to, and the uh, updated rules. So that yeah, that'll be on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving. Uh, just that, but as I'll stress this enough. All shows running, even in that last week of Thanksgiving into the end of December, are still eligible. Right. So that we we can we will take that in, and then I'll be keeping track of it as it goes along. As soon as January second hits, 
I will have everything finalized and submitted to the committee for their process and get everything set up for the actual voting. Nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. Any last yeah. thoughts, gentlemen, before we before we beat feet? Well, I hope it's not another before we do another show. That's just <laughs> no, hell no, no, no. We can get that right. going. I mean, because Thursday night is one of my CU like, well, usually <laughs> three nights. So hey, I'm, uh, I'll do my I'm level not best. Putting, I'll try, I'll I'm try not to put that on you. I'm oh, not no. putting that on you. I've been hard to to, to nail down for any time. So. Uh, and uh, maybe some maybe somebody else wants to jump in and do a show. If if you're in part of the Georgia wrestling scene and you want to do a podcast, just contact me. Nice. Oh yeah. God. Please do. Yes. I, I, I've told several people I'm a lousy interviewer, but I'm a pretty good second banana, so I'm available. I think so. I think so. Even even I'll, even I'll take a third and a fourth banana. By, by the way, Larry, for a little behind the scenes talk. So when Tyler got on with us, I I sensed something about him, which was, I think he was, I don't know if nervous is the word, but he wasn't going to be a good guest. (laughs) Like when I heard him kind of sneaking, kind of, you know, and he gave this really generic answer. That's why I asked him this thing about, anytime I'm asking a shake you out of your tree freaking question, that's why. Is because I'm I'm now determined to have a perfect track record on these interviews on Tipping Point. Um, I think that's a good goal for us for 2024. No I shitty like interviews. And, that was a and good one. Part, was a good guess. And so so just know, like, if you come on the Tipping Point, my goal is for you to shine. I think I think people still get that wrong all the time. I'm AC Mac did a great interview with Gerard, right? It was great, but it was boring as fuck. And I think the interview he did with us was, was fascinating. Yeah, definitely not boring. Was not boring. And my goal is for you to shine. So, like, take it from Tyler there, right? He got on. I thought he was like, eh. it's like, I don't want to, if I'm a promoter, I don't want to book that guy. This is like, but I, but I asked him a question that kind of got him out of his mind. And, and I wanted to check to see how honest he was. If he, if he did some kind of kayfabe, you're the no man. I was like, oh, God. But instead, we got to find out a fascinating thing, which was I wasn't a very big guy, and I was scared of people who were bigger than me. And then, and then that led him down. He started telling a story instead of giving an answer. And uh, that's my goal. And so if you're going to come on the tipping point, like Rob Rod, he came on, boom, personality all day is wonderful, right? The, our goal is for you guys to shine because that's the original vision Larry had for Georgia wrestling history and all the show reviews and all the rest of it. Our goal is for Amen. you to shine. Amen. <laughs> Thanks and for jumping in, Rob Rod. Hey, no problem. Also, I, I will have two show reports coming up in the next two weeks. I'm nice. going to the NWA show in uh, Charlotte, and then there's a like a little superstar thing going on in Fort Myers, so I will do sh- show reports for both of those. Larry, where are you going to be? This weekend, probably home, most likely. Man, I'd love to go to that action show in Fayetteville, but I don't think I can pull that off tomorrow. I bet that's going to be fun. You know, there's only... Limited tickets. It's limited to 100. Probably going to be a hell of an atmosphere. But I don't think I can make it. But the only place I'm really sure I'm going to be, 
IWE uh, week Saturday and Classic City two weeks Saturday. Nice. If Larry, don't go to your show. Your show ain't shit. And I <laughs> am going to put the final touches. I have written it already. Now I just have to edit it. My uh, 12 people who should be signed by one of the big leagues and why. So, yeah, I come screaming back uh, with a well-written piece um, in an effort to balance out Dusty Finish. In any case, <laughs> <laughs> this has been the tipping point. No love. No love. No love. No love. Dusty. No love for any of the people who are Dusty Finish. <laughs> but three mentions in one show. <laughs> That's true. See, I'm over and I'm getting heat, guys. I know how to use words. So for Larry Kermit and the infamous Rob Rod, I am Stephen Platinum. Thank you for joining us, and hopefully we'll see you soon on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.